And to find such among the savages of the Northlands. The king shook his head. Where comes this knowledge of throwing thunderbolts? Ah, my lord king, the tall stranger said, that is a very long story. Chapter 1 March, year 8 A.E. June, year 2 A.E. Get that goddamn mower under control, a voice shouted from the street. It was a quarter-deck soprano, trained to carry mast high through a gale. The accent was pure Carolina Sea Island gumbo. Marion, Jared Coughlin thought as he joined the counselors crowding to the windows, using his six feet two of lanky height to peer over their heads. One of the big birds was sprinting down Broad Street, heading for the harbor, or just away from the handlers with poles trying to catch it. People tumbled out of its way. Bicycles toppled. Ponies reared. A cart overset, and bags of stone-ground flour burst in a beige mist. "'Damn funny-looking things, aren't they?' someone said. Jared Coughlin agreed. "'And they were a lot cuter as chicks,' he thought. "'Sort of fuzzy and about the size of a turkey.' The eagle had picked them up in a New Zealand that the Polynesians had yet to reach, during her survey voyage in the year two. But oh, how fast they grow! The head still looked fairly chicken-like, although it was bigger than a German shepherd's now. The eye bore a look of fixed stupidity, leavened with terror. The bird itself stood twelve feet tall and weighed more than a cow, with a long neck, a bulbous body, and absurd, enormous three-toed feet pile-driver feet, and a man threw himself out of the way of a kick that could have snapped his neck. The ponies drawing another cart bolted, spilling barrels of whale oil, and the slipping, sliding chaos that followed would have been funny if it hadn't been so dangerous. A steam-hauler puffed out onto Broad from Easy Street, pulling three wagons under tight lace tarpaulins. It looked a little like an old-time locomotive, with the wheels of a heavy hauler truck, the driver and fireman took one look and bailed out the other flank of their open-sided vehicle to get out of reach of the mower's six-foot neck, but they tripped the brake and exhaust valves first, and it coasted to a halt in a huge whuff of white vapor that made the giant bird flinch and slow. Then someone vaulted onto the tarpaulins, a tall, slender black woman with a long, curved blade in her hands. Marion, all right, Coughlin thought which explained why she wasn't here already. It took a genuine emergency to make Commodore Marion Alston Curlelo late for anything. For a Southerner, she had a positively Yankee attitude toward punctuality. Maybe it was the twenty years she'd spent in the Coast Guard before the event. The katana flashed in a blurring arc as the huge bird tried to stop, turn, and peck at the annoying human all at the same time. Another flash of sunlight on steel, and there was a crack sound. Alston went to one knee on the tarpaulin, and shavings of beak spun free. The moa braked frantically on the slippery asphalt, then fell on its rear with an audible thud and an ear-stunning cry of, Squawk! Get that goddamn thing under control before it hurts somebody, I said, she shouted again. Before the moa could scramble upright, the keepers were on it, and one of them clapped a bag on the end of a long pole over its head. A yank on a cord drew the bag tight, 
and the fight went out of the cow-sized mass of gray feathers. Trrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr